0: Welcome to the podcast. In this podcast episode, I talk with Ryan Nidell about why it is important to create internal systems that scale. Ryan Nidell, welcome to the conversation today. Thanks for having me, John. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from Columbus, Ohio. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about why it's important to create internal systems that scale. And we're going to talk about this from a variety of perspectives. And of course, I you know, I tend to focus in on the people operation side. Uh, and I think important um, systems and, and sustainable systems are really, really important in the people ops world, but it's also important in other aspects of business. So we're going to unpack that, explore that together today. As we get started, I'll just briefly introduce Ryan. Ryan Nidel is CEO of MIT45, a board member, investor, and entrepreneur. But I do want to give you a chance to highlight anything else that might be important uh, for the audience by way of context.
1: Yeah. Thanks, John. I think the the big thing is I'm, I'm just a normal guy from the Midwest, right? I've had a handful of exits under my belt, a handful of catastrophic failures under my belt as well. So... The things that I share are real life experiences that hopefully can save you from some of the perils of of frustration that I've went through. And uh, I don't profess to have it all figured out. I just know what I've messed up and know
0: what I've learned along the way. Yeah, well, very good. And I mean, that's the name of the game is, is we all have successes. We all have setbacks. And uh, I don't like to call them failures uh, because if you learn from them, they're not actually failures, but uh, it, it, they're learning opportunities. So I appreciate that framing and that introduction. And I should also say, uh, you actually do a lot of your business out here in the Salt Lake area. Uh, So, And I was actually uh, born in Ohio and lived there for the first part of my life. Anyway, so small world, we have some some of those connection points. All right, as we get started, why don't you frame up for us what you do there at MIT45, and then we can get into more around these internal systems.
1: Absolutely. So at MIT45, I came on to the company as a strategic consultant in late 2018, early 2019, the company was founded by two close friends. And I didn't know anything about Kratom, which is what Mint 45 manufactures, sells, distributes, and quite frankly, don't know that I really cared. I love the, I call it the art and science of business more so than the actual Mm -hmm. business itself in most environments. And the company was, you know, coming on the backside of a, maybe a $2 million revenue year, been around for 10, 8, 10 years prior to that point and was good, right? Profitable, nothing, the 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 ceiling wasn't on fire, as they say. And yeah. I call my two partners now, as I'm now CEO and, and and partners in the company, I call them accidental entrepreneurs and not by the nature of being unintelligent or undriven, but right, they found a good idea. They found a product they believed in. They did to me what all brilliant founders do. They rally people around this mission, vision, value. They bring their family, their closest friends. And right, everybody's just throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. And it's it's great, right? Those things are incredibly impactful. And it's a great way to get business off the ground, especially self-funded, as, as they both did. And then someone like me comes in and says, oh, gosh, you are probably to a point that having some level of systems and processes and structure might help us have more of a, a scaffolding to to scale from, instead mm-hmm. of you know my my best friend's sister's brother happened to need a job and so he's he's running our our fulfillment and it's well what what sort of skill set does that individual have what well, he's here he, that's the skill set he's here and he's he's focused and I say it with so much respect because I've seen it over and over and over again and I have been guilty of doing the same so it's by no means casting dispersions on my on my two very close friends, but what I've been able to do is come in and with some level of hard work, dedication, pigheaded discipline and, and determination as, as Chet Holmes would say, right. Just, just keep pushing through different thoughts around really, I call it basic business systems where, right. Have we started by just mapping out the cash conversion cycle, right. Mm-hmm. An unsexy thing to consider. It's just from the time you place an order for your raw materials, to the time you turn it into cash, who has to touch all of that? How many different places does it does it have a breakage point at? What are the constraints that are associated with it? And just that one simple exercise helped the company more than double by freeing up a lot of free cash flow, right? Just hmm. just just something simple. And again, this is always to me the funny part because this is the unsexy stuff that I don't know if it gets spoken about all that much. Everybody wants to talk about ads and s- scaling sales. And it's like, well, to, to me, you can you can generate more sales. But if the rest of the ecosystem isn't built to support those sales, right. you're just digging a deeper hole that you'll have to figure out how to get out of later. And so we started with, with some of those processes. And then I, I keep referring to the on different conversations. I look at most businesses, it's it's three specific factors. It's your people, it's your processes and your technology. And any one of those might be the linchpin for the next season, right? So we started with processes and those processes then said so, gosh it made some of our current staff at that point uncomfortable right it was mm-hmm. this is a whole new way of doing business i don't like this i'm going to opt off of the team at this point um which led us to finding you know new talent to come in that had their own ideas of processes mm-hmm. and their own technology and this flywheel then just kept spinning and spinning where you know fast forward to the punchline now and when i came around we had 22 or 24 employees one nice rooftop and in, in south salt lake right just uh a simple business with a simple manufacturing process. Now we're five rooftops, including the the Columbus office I sit in. We're about 110 employees, and you know we're bumping up towards 100 million in revenue mark since since 2019. So there's a lot of learnings that have happened between then and now, and right at anything from the cash conversion cycle to now, a lot of our growth strategies based off of strategic acquisitions of of market share of you know competitors of manufacturing space, which led us to you know. Give or take your hometown of, or I'm an American fork of buying, mm-hmm. buying into great manufacturing facilities that, I think quite often it's easier to buy than it is to build. Right, you buy mm-hmm. an established business that has the people and the process of technology is already in place. As long as the cash flow backs out, it was a lot quicker way for us to meet our manufacturing requirements.
0: Yeah, so if I am getting the numbers correct. Uh, pre 2019, it was about a 2 million revenue company. Now it's about a hundred million, four years later, that's a a little bit of growth, uh, during that four year period. (laughs) That's a lot to handle. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, you're, you're right as you were laying out, you know, what we often see in new entrepreneurial, um, endeavors, you know, you have either an individual, a solopreneur, or maybe a small team of people in this case, a partnership, um, great idea. It it starts to take off, Um, you're rallying people around you. All of that's really great for that initial startup. Um, But eventually, especially as you start to grow and scale you got to put in place a scaffolding as you said. Uh, you know, I think that's a really great description. There has to be systems in place and a scaffolding in place to support the growth. So I've seen many times where organizations are trying to to scale rapidly and it's really a, ha- a house of cards. There's no internal support structures and so all it takes is a like a stiff wind to blow the whole thing down and that's not what anyone wants either. Like everyone wants growth, right? That growth is great, but if you don't do it the right way, then it's, it's really a facade and, and really things could crumble so, so quickly. Well, absolutely. They, they certainly can.
1: And I'll say, as, as we look at mid 45 and kind of go back in a, a series of time, as I said, I had a pretty, I'll, I'll call it for many people might've been a catastrophic setback of, I had sold a web hosting company and went out, started my own company. And I was, you know, rapid growth, pedal to floor, no scaffolding, mm-hmm. no systems. And look up after 18 months and I'm, you know, shutting down the company, you know, multiple six figures to, to have the company be folded up. And I'm essentially, I'll say flat broke, right? I mean, Mm. rental properties in foreclosure, cars repossessed, like actually broke, not a little kind of broke. And, and I share all that because it's, that gave me the awareness now of being able to come into a business like mid 45 and see things Mm. slightly differently than the founders. And again, I Our 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 company has been able to grow to this size because of the caliber of individuals, right? The people processes side of things has been the most pivotal part. But simultaneously saying it's a it's a challenge because every 12 months the company is doubling in size. Right. It's it's philosophically a different business every 12 months. So you have the individual coming in that's got a great skill set, tons of passion. And not only they execute on their job, but in order to keep up, they'd have to be learning the entire next set of skills they would need and that that can get taxing right this i'll say our company is at times emotionally draining because mm-hmm. of the speed and it's not any one thing I, you know oftentimes i get that question what's the one thing that you did there isn't one thing it was right it was different processes than a different set of people than tech than cleaning up the marketplace and analyzing pricing then COVID hits and we're we're actually inversely related to the economy kind of how our product fits so when COVID came we we happen to have great supply chain um dialed in we had a lot of inventory on shelf so we saw no interruption where a lot of our competitors saw tons of interruption in, in for being able to provide their products and so we swallowed up market share there right it's this it's this beautifully orchestrated completely accidental way that we've you know went from <laughs> x to x times 20 x times 50 It's it's every season's a new a new time to learn a
0: new experience for us. Yeah. And on the the HR and the people ops side, uh, you mentioned the challenge of scaling. Now, obviously, your first example was actually a cash flow example. That's really important to keep in mind. And there's all these different systems in place for an organization to be successful as it scales. But, you know, as you're scaling and you're growing from a few people to now you have over 100 employees in a relatively short period of time, um you know you're starting you're going from 0 to 60 right over the course of a few years you probably had no sort of internal hr systems or processes no policies practices procedures really that were in any way in any way formalized and so then you you're trying to like build the plane while you're flying it um while flying it super fast right because you're growing <laughs> and that that's really hard and you mentioned too like just the the turnover in people um, you, you know sometimes the startup team is great for that phase but it's not the right team to move you forward into scaling and that can be a really hard thing especially like you said if there's like friends and family involved um, those can be really really hard decisions but over time you might need different skill sets uh, you need people who have different mindsets and and so there starts to be a shift there but just navigating that process can be really messy i know this was now maybe over a decade ago but i was doing some work with a a firm uh, that was uh, traditionally a family run firm out of salt lake city and uh you know for a couple generations you know relatively they, they were successful a couple hundred employees um and then they decided to take some some infusion of capital and uh they decided to go national uh, and over the course of a few years, they grew from a couple hundred employees to a couple thousand employees from like a handful of locations to hundreds of locations <laughs> across the country. And I mean, you can imagine the amount of strain that that kind of growth and scaling has on the people involved. And obviously some people just choose to leave in that, uh, circumstance. Other people try to navigate it and, and, uh, you know, just to just write out the storm, so to speak, but the it, it, there's almost no storm to write out. It's like constant. And so when you were saying, you know, it, it's, it's emotionally taxing, it is because, you know, there's change fatigue, people, people, you know, we're humans, human animals that like some level of at least faux certainty, or like, feeling like we have things figured out. And when things are constantly developing, constantly changing, we're constantly being asked to learn new things and to reskill and to upskill and prepare for a new future. That is hard for probably most people. Um, And can you speak more to like how you've helped support people in your team as you've grown? And yeah, obviously you've added new people, you probably replaced some people, but you probably have a lot of the same people that have continued and how do you support them as, as they're growing with the business? yeah john I, I would love to say i have this part figured out and
1: it's it's what i'm currently focused on is leaning more of my my time into figuring more and more of this out as i sit around and and say what we've done at least for the time being is we've i'll say pseudo standardized the yeah. onboarding process right how do you the, the request for hire and what are all the check boxes someone has to to check off before they can become employed and unfortunately standardized the the offboarding process as well with you know, great separation agreements for those people that are just, you know, saying enough's enough. Yeah. But in that in between of how, how do you actually pour in? For me, it's become, I'll say a hyper transparent organization, where I'm not doing monthly recaps that are, you know, I can call them all hands, but it's really, you know, loom videos because of the different locations. And I don't need to stop everybody. But I think when they have a clear sense of where we're going, why we're going there, what are some of the things that are coming around the corner? Um, It certainly takes time for people to understand, uh, at least in our organization, that I'm seeing things that are 12, 18, 24 months ahead. And so it's this nice back and forth, a yin and yang, a little bit of discussing, look, at some point in the near future, we'll all be under one roof and one roof will be 120,000 square feet. And some of the issues we have of multiple locations might, in fact, go away. And saying, you know, sharing that vision while simultaneously starting to tip into, here's the path and plan on how we get there, where the daily activities of the business are daily, right? That the team is focused on, are we producing X number of units today, this week? Are we generating X number Mm -hmm. of dollars in revenue? And it's that back and forth of, yes, we have to do these things. And yes, I'm also focused on, on something that's further down the road. And having just, I'll say consistency, right? Bring EOS into our company was a a big help. But now we're, we're, I don't say we're almost scaling past that because I don't, I think that's a little bit of a challenging way to say it, but I I see some things that for our particular situation, we like pieces and parts of the EOS system, that entrepreneurial operating system by Gino Wickman. And then we like pieces and parts of the OKR system and there's there's some back and forth and And some brilliant pieces that I think there's a lot of, I call them breadcrumbs that are laying around that we can pick up to to get us to that next season. Because we're, we're, one of the, uh, the things I'm consistently reminding our team of as well, while this is uncharted territory for us, it's not uncharted territory for business, mm-hmm. right? There, there are businesses that have went through this time and time and time again, and and we get to learn from them and um, bring those lessons back and bring those people back and bring those, uh, th- those trainings back so that hopefully it's giving people that level of stability and right as well john we we do some things that i think hopefully i'll say set us apart where i think it becomes paramount for us to really show that we care about our employees And, and what that care seems to me means to me right is the things that they might worry about they don't have to worry about like we we provide healthy meals for our employees two to three meals a day if they want them that are Healthy, nutritious, uh, give or take organic. We offer full, full not only health insurance benefits, not only for our staff but for their extended family as well, with nothing out of pocket for them. Hmm. So deductibles are paid for. We have gym reimbursements. Like we go really far into the fact of saying, "Look, I'm acknowledging that this is challenging. I'm not, I'm not blind to the fact that this is, this is exhausting. But here's a a bunch of resources." You know, uh, whether it's psychiatrists, psychologists, external members that you can tap into that we know nothing about, right? I certainly don't have any idea what's sh- what shared on those calls, but they're all there to support people saying, like I'm really frustrated. like this is this is tiresome. It's as soon as I figure my job out, my job is changing, and i I don't like that. And it's just consistent communication to me realizing we're all human. right i'm I also get frustrated that it's like yeah. I can't just catch my breath, but simultaneously,
0: I don't know that I even want to sometimes, right? It, it, it's frustrating and fun all in the same, same moment. You know, I tend to be much the same way. Like I, I get bored easily, perhaps but that maybe that's part of it. Like I, I like to constantly be doing new things. And so, you know, part of it, I think is maybe a personality or a disposition, a dispositional difference between people, you know? Um, but I, I do think it can be learned also. I, I think change agility is something that can be built in and infused into a culture of a company um and you can make it more or less you know easy for for people on your team to lean into the shifts and the changes that happen and and frankly a lot of organizations do less, you know, they they actually make it harder. <laughs> and so then it gets more and more frustrating. It sounds like you're doing a lot of things well in trying to make sure that you're, you know, it's still challenging, but trying to make sure that people are supported and and that you have this ongoing growth mindset and this growth culture uh, within your organization. Now, one thing I wanted to ask, and this this could be very different considering you're more of a manufacturing business versus, you know, we, we have a really hot tech scene here in Utah. So Silicon Slopes, um, lots of uh, great tech companies, but just like uh, some of the the bohem the behemoth tech companies that have been doing massive layoffs, um, you know we've we've had the same thing in Utah. And in fact, just last week, Qualtrics, which is headquartered uh, down here, uh, they also just announced uh, big layoffs. Uh, and there's been multiple rounds, you know, for some of the biggest tech firms in in uh, the Salt Lake area. Um, of course, that's challenging, uh, and part of that had to do with frankly, I think over hiring um, during the good times. And uh, now things are leaning out and they're realizing, oh, you know, we, we really don't need this many, these all of the people on the team, we don't need this many people. Um, and we need to scale back. Um, I'm wondering if you felt anything like that, or if you've just been in constant growth scaling mode, uh, to the point where that hasn't really been an issue.
1: So we we we've went through some ebbs and flows, John, of, of different seasons of considering how we want the company to look and feel. and our biggest thing has been what AI can do to our landscape mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. automation for so many aspects of our business and making the conscious decision to instead of furlough or remove individuals, we've used AI to bolster up productivity and scalability. Mm-hmm. And so we run a, a pretty tight ship, I'd like to say, right? it's it's one of those things that to me, a good business has pretty significant or specific financial ratios to pay attention to. And right, we one of the the underlying metrics we track is revenue per employee, which mm-hmm. starts to really show that underlying current of, oh gosh, our, our revenue per employee, as funny as it sounds, is getting too high. That's probably indicative that we should start considering some more staff because it's yeah. it's it's a lot for everybody to handle. Or if if revenue per employee is getting too low instead of Again, furloughing or or putting people, you know, on the sideline, it's it's a little indicator that we need to pick up sales somehow, and we need to really consider what we're doing on that side. So there was one small season, um, right before COVID, where we had actually, as funny as this might sound, we become too good, not anymore, right? It was just that moment we had we had manufactured too much product, and we had months and months and months of product on shelf, and I'm sitting there looking around saying. I don't need you know, the the 27 people in manufacturing at that point. I would probably only need 12 or 15. And after seeing that, John, it was one of those things I just didn't ever want to have to do again. I didn't want to have to let people go for something that, again, should have a little bit of a linear progression to it. It should be rather predictable in our world. Again, not not like the, the Adobe's and the things that are out by you in Silicon Slopes. I mean, that That's that's such a different landscape. But nonetheless, yeah. I'd like a people first organization. And I think that's one of those things that so many CEOs say they're people first until the rubber hits the road. And it's like, well, I'm, I'm gonna let go of all these people because I want to make more money. And we're
0: in a fortunate position to to not have that be something we're going to consider anytime soon. Yeah, well, that's great. Ryan, this has just been a really fun conversation. I know at the time I need to let you go here in a few minutes, but before we wrap things up for today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, your team, and then give us the final word on the topic for today. Yeah, absolutely, John. So um, easiest way to get a hold of me is just ryannidel.com,
1: R-Y-A-N-N-I-D-D-E-L.com. Um, same thing with every social media handle. Right? It's, I tend to just share things that I'm up to I don't know that I'm too inspirational or too motivational. It's more of, here's what I'm up to. Here's the lessons I'm learning. Here's maybe how you might want to apply it yourself. Same thing on that website. And as far as last words on on, on our topic today, I think that every season of growth that I've went through in any business I've been a part of has actually required me to slow down for a minute and, and slide my chair back from from the desk and consider the bigger picture. And in considering that bigger picture, it, it always reverts back to what's the constraints on the people, on the processes and the technology, mm-hmm. and being able to decide where we want the company to go from that lens creates some pretty specific actionable items that, that are not always enjoyable, right? Some of these conversations are not enjoyable to jump into, but when you slide out of that chair for just a second and take that deep breath, rapid growth doesn't have to be
0: completely exhausting. It, it can be fun at the same time. Yeah, well said. Ryan, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I encourage the audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Ryan and his team are up to. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the podcast. We hope you stay healthy and safe and please join us again soon.